sometimes those best honors are the ones that are unexpected. And this yeah. one came completely out of the blue for the, one of the few times in my life I was speechless. Uh, when <laughs> it Javier, didn't last. Uh, no, it didn't last <laughs> for about 30 seconds, but it was a glorious 30 seconds for this planet. Josie's on a vacation far away as we start recording episode number 136 of Promo Front Podcast. I am Bill Petrie, one of your hosts. With me as always, let's call him the captain of corporate sponsorships, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, we all got to know, are you in the new house yet? Are you there? Have you moved? Are What's going on? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Yes, I am officially uh, sleeping, living in the new house. Very excited about that. With each uh, passing day, like yesterday, I was in there, but we didn't, the hot water wasn't quite working properly. So that, you know, but today I took a hot shower in the house, slept in the house, winds all around. So dude, I, I'm, I hashtag winning. I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? That's awesome. I'm doing great. Um, You know, it's been, uh, it's been a little stormy here, you know. Well, living in Nashville, sometimes you never know what you're going to get. One day it is quite literally 22 degrees, and the next day it's 60. So yeah. it's no wonder why we're always all coughing and sick. Yeah. But, you know, that combination of hot and cold, it got me to thinking, Kirby, as things often do. Yes, they do. You know, you and I have seen a ton of acquisitions and mergers during our time in the promotional products industry. And I can't think of one that makes more sense than the recent acquisition of Evans by our good pals over at HPG. Not only do the companies complement each other, but HPG has a long and rich history of allowing their family of companies to do what they've always done best. And I love that. Yeah. Now, in the case of Evans, uh, HPG really loves how they have a culture of making the lives of their distributor partners easier. You and I have talked about that a lot on the podcast. Yep. For example, here's a recent quote from an Evans customer, and I love this one. Evans is our top go-to supplier. They have great service and great products. Everything is super easy and smooth sailing when ordering from Evans. Mm -hmm. Kirby, it's not often a supplier gets an unsolicited rave review like yeah. that, is it? Yeah, it's, it's really rare. And I think it goes to show you, I've often said that we're in the business of making promises for other people. And those of us who are in the distributor world quickly learn who what organizations keep their promises and make their life yeah. make that that is part of making my life easier is i know that they they do what they say they're going to do and so you know i think evan certainly has a reputation for that and it's exciting that hpg is letting that continue yeah i i, I can't i couldn't agree more you know evans has really set the standard when it comes to making the lives of our distributor partners easier and it's really clear to me and i think to everybody uh, that the marriage of HPG and Evans is not only going to benefit both companies, but it's also going to make the lives of all those distributor partners even just that much more easier. Uh, frankly, it's a, that's what a union of companies is supposed to do, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what the idea is. So yeah, exactly. when you're ready to make your life easier, Mr. or Mrs. Distributor, why don't you head over to Evans at evans-mfg.com. 
you're not going to be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, before we start recording, you and I had an arm wrestling contest virtually. Uh, we're not going to explain how that exactly worked, but you said <laughs> you wanted the promo up front section this morning. Yeah. I lost the said arm wrestling contest. So, to the surprise of no uh, at, To the surprise <laughs> of no one. And as any mediocre talk show host across the nation might say, it's your dime, it's your dance floor. What do you got? Yeah. So, you know, I think it... it we often say there are certain topics that we'd be tone deaf if we didn't bring up. It would be super weird if you were to bring this up, but I think it is newsworthy. Um, I just wanted to, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, spend as much time on this as you want, but you were, I believe it was last week, inducted into the PPAMS Hall of Fame um, for, you know, so much of the work that you've done in the promotional products and branded merchandise space. But I think the biggest reason, or at least, you know, kind of, um, the reason I think of you in that space is not only the work you've done, but the service you've provided. And so I wanted to congratulate you and give you just Thank an you. opportunity to to talk a little bit about what that was like when you got the call, because I know that's got it's not something that you were expecting. Um, you, no. I know that. Um, so yeah. if you don't mind, just talk a little bit about it, man. I'll keep it very brief. Thank you for for bringing it up. It was a, it's a huge honor and one um, sometimes those best honors are the ones that are unexpected. And this yeah. one came completely out of the blue for the one of the few times in my life I was speechless uh when <laughs> it Javier, didn't last uh, no it didn't last <laughs> for about 30 seconds but it was a glorious 30 seconds for this planet uh when Javier LaFontaine from um Showdown gave me a call and and told me uh it you know it was an overwhelming feeling I don't really know what I've done to deserve it to be very candid with you and I know that probably sounds trite um but it's true I I don't really know um and the hardest thing I had to do was write an acceptance speech. And as much as I enjoy doing things like this with you, getting up in front of people and talking about marketing and branding, I was horrifically uncomfortable speaking about myself because it, you know you you walk a very fine line with being uh, you know pompous and but also respecting the moment that other people feel you deserve this honor, right. and that that was that was a struggle for me. Um, but I settled on really, as I reflected, I didn't have business success until I started really dedicating a ton of my time to volunteerism. And that's what I made my my acceptance speech about. And I, I, it's in my blog this week, if anybody yeah. wants to read it. Uh, totally the, worth reading, I will say, because I've read it. And he talks about his expected set. He gives his acceptance speech in there. Totally worth reading. Sorry, Bill, I didn't mean to interrupt you. but just... No, no, that's fine. That's That's totally fine. I appreciate you jumping in there. Um, but what I, you know, I look back and say, what was that seminal moment? I'm not sure what the seminal moment was, but I know that service to the PPAM's board was uh, a big giant part of it. And that really yeah. shifted my mindset. And so I challenged everybody and I would challenge anybody on this podcast and anybody who speaks to me on the phone or in person, I generally end the conversation by asking, is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. And that's a conscious decision I made about 10 years ago. Now it's an automatic. And, yeah. and I love asking that question because it allows people to accept help. And sometimes it's really hard to do that. Yeah. So when you offer help with no expectation of anything in return, you really set the stage for uh, you know, a relationship that is fostered on symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that. So I, I just would, again, thank you for recognizing it. Thank you to the PPAMS board. Um, obviously, I wouldn't be, be uh, have gotten that award without you. And, and I mentioned you in my acceptance speech. You've been in a very important part of my journey. And 
a bunch of other people as well uh, that I'm not going to, you know, people can yeah. read that if they want to. Um, but it was, it was a, a pretty humbling night. It was an, it was a really fun night. They did a great job. And uh, as I said, I'm proud to be kind of the part of the permanent story of the uh, Promotional Products Association of the Mid-South. Yeah, it's really cool. So again, I, I don't want to belabor it, but I do want to say this is a really, really cool honor and I was tickled for you. And uh, I think that the sort of the lesson, and again, you the blog was really good, is if you want to accelerate your growth in any career, accelerate your service. And so yeah. um, well said by you. So congrats. Well, man. I appreciate it. It's true too. So yeah. you know what else is true? <laughs> I've yeah, you know, thank you very much. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're not talking about that anymore. Yeah. This podcast right up. I got to sure. turn it up to 11. I might even get to 12. Hey, distributors, is your marketing working? Well, if you can't answer that question with a hearty, you know it by golly. If you can't say that, then you need to reach out to our pals over at Promo Pulse. They can help you consistently amplify your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing. That's so easy. You can customize it, set it, forget it in only how many minutes, Kirby? Five. Five. Five minutes. That's right. I got Learn right. more at promopulse.io slash amp. Okay, I've got quite a few here, but here's one I do want to talk about. Um, uh, let's see. Boy, I've got so many here, Kirby. It's I just so don't exciting. Know what do. All right, let's talk about digital marketing trends, according okay. to Forbes. Okay. In 2023, these are there forecasted for digital marketing trends. There's four of them. And I want to talk them. Let's go each one, one by one. Let's share our thoughts. I, I, you know, I don't know if anybody else cares, but I care about it. Okay. I love it. Let's do it. Number one, digital marketing content trend for 2023 is live stream content and short form video. 23% of global viewing is watching live content and it's growing. People don't mm -hmm. want to miss out, right? That's the whole thing. So mm -hmm. shorter videos hold the interest of the audience, but they have to be unprofessional they have to be just mm. very not overly slick um because those tend to be unrelatable kirby what say you i my first reaction to this is i felt like those are two sort of unrelated pieces of content because historically speaking the live content is not short right because you're telling a little bit more of a story i mean that's just my experience i could be off on that but that's my my take is i think of oh it's going to be a product launch or you're you're reporting right. from an event or you're doing something you know i'm thinking of some of the live stuff i saw done at ppai none of that stuff was 20 seconds long right um now that being said I actually kind of dig that. I think it's it, that being a trend is kind of fun. And I think it does give us a behind the scenes. And then I do agree with the short stuff. Um, that's actually a, if, if you're paying attention to any of our like Hossman marketing, we're actually making a push to do like TikTok all of a sudden. We, okay. in the last week or two, we're doing TikTok and Instagram reels and, and it's much more of the, you know, 30 to 60 second pieces. We're having some fun with it. And so, yeah, I buy that completely. I think that does make sense. Yeah, I, I don't love, I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm a fan of the live content because I think you have way too much of a tune out factor. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are willing to give live video as much of a chance as they are a slightly produced video. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So I think live videos are great. If you're going to hit somebody for 30, 45 seconds, live video is probably pretty cool. But beyond, I'd say five minutes. I think it's tough to hold the audience's attention unless you're really, really compelling. Well, um, I, I, but I do. I would say something yeah. like this, right? I'm seeing yeah. some like live streaming of podcasts or shows like that. I think those are uh, feel a little different to me. A little bit, but again, yeah. they got to hold your attention. So yeah, I think for sure. Because 
I think it's all, what it is. What we're really talking about here, in my opinion, is pacing. Mm. Is the pacing yeah. of the content? Wow, I don't know. It just flew out of my mouth. <laughs> That's I, right. I just had a sip of my coffee. Um, I think it's about the pacing. If the pacing is fast and rapid and bouncy and quick, and it feeds into everybody's lack of attention span, it works. Yeah. The second it doesn't, it does not. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we kind of agree there. All right, number two, greater focus on customer experience. Digital marketing trend number two. You still have to maintain affordability and quality, um, but this is absolutely going to be true in the metaverse. This is what Forbes says. What say you? A greater photo focus on customer experience, Kirk. Uh, I mean, my again, I'm giving you my first impression of each one of these, and my first impression is yep. great. I, it's exciting to me that that, that organizations are going to start talking about experience. I think, you know, the the things, the organizations that are forgettable are the ones that are transactional. And so yeah. those who create an experience, our buddy Danny Rosen has been talking about that for a long time. Those in our space who not only deliver on the things that we're supposed to deliver on, but create an yeah. experience around it are the one that, that, that makes total sense to me. Yeah, of all of them, this is the one where, well, no shit, Sherlock. Of <laughs> yeah. course, there's a greater focus on customer experience. It's all anybody be. in the marketing and branding world has been talking about. Now, we in the industry sometimes tend to lag behind those trends. Um, and this is not, you know, this article is not written about promotional products, sure. but there should absolutely always be on a, a greater focus on customer experience. And that's from the moment you first reach out to them to the time, you know, they, you close the sale. That's an yeah. entire experience. What does that look like? So totally agree there, Kirby. Number three, digital marketing trends. Brands need to show accountability. I love this one. Yeah. Modern consumers place a premium on social responsibility, integrity, and accountability. 41% of millennials and 50% of Gen Z are more likely to support brands that advocate for social causes. That's their research. Kirby, do you agree that brands need to show accountability in 2023 in terms of digital marketing trends? Yeah. I, I, and again, I so I, again, two times now I've said it feels like two different things. Social okay responsibility is one thing. I think accountability is another. So when I think of accountability, I think, look, every organization has their their faux pas, right? That, that they mess up. And, and when I see that, I love it when organizations, like it, it reminds me of the book, Hug Your Haters uh, by Jay Baer, mm -hmm. where he talks right about, look, there. when somebody has a, a bad experience that you engage with them digitally. And, um, and so that's what I think of when I think of accountability, not necessarily saying, all right, we are, all in on this specific issue. So maybe I'm reading that wrong. No, I happen to agree with you. This one does, it was a bit of a disconnect for me. I felt like they were shoving 14 different things right. into one point. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think there's tangible accountability that every company needs to stand for. You stand behind your products, your services, the way you go to market, all those things. And then there's a social responsibility aspect, yeah. which those two are very different in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Unless you again, want to say make... accountability for not actually living up to the things that you say that you're socially responsible for. <laughs> exactly. I mean, again, not to make any one more important or less important. Yeah. I just think they're different. So, okay. The fourth one, the final one, digital marketing trend for 2023. This one surprised me. Podcasting. That is interesting. Because we've been hearing for a long time it's on the way out. Yeah. Well, what they're they what they said is the always on consumer base benefits greatly from a company's ability to share its story via a podcast. Now, I would like your thoughts on that. 
Well, I mean, it goes to no surprise. I mean, uh, how many podcasts do, do you and I produce, right? Like we've got this yep. one, you, we're getting ready to launch another one, uh, you know, for for us. Um, Delivering Marketing Joy essentially is a, is a podcast as well. Yeah, I believe that podcasting is powerful, which is the reason that I spend so much time and energy on it. Um, yep. The reality of it is it gives people a chance you know, much like social media, but in a different way, you know, it gives us, a ch- gives people a chance to like, know and trust you at scale. Um, and so, yep. yeah, I, obviously I'm a believer cause we're sitting here doing one. Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent a believer. And look this, we've been doing a weekly podcast Kirby and I have say for a five week hiatus in 2020 for seven or eight years now. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Seven, long time. seven, long time. And what, there are times it's hard. There are times yeah. it feels like a grind. There are times where, just like you, everybody else who's listening, there's times you wake up and like, I don't want to do that today. Yeah, I don't right. feel like being a yuck monkey today. Mm-hmm. But then you go to something like a PPAI Expo. Yep. And this year, for both Kirby and I, and I, I, I will speak for you here. You can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. We were both astounded by how many people who we didn't know, who we knew, who we thought we knew, maybe knew, came up to us and says, hey, man, keep up the good work. Really like what you guys are doing on the podcast. And they said yeah. it to me, they said it to Kirby, and they said it to us independent, or to us as a, as a group, as a, a, yeah. a duo. duo. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, it was amazing. So yeah. if you don't think it has still has reach, a well-done podcast, you're wrong. Got Again, pacing, it's got to work. You yeah, got to have chemistry course. if you're doing it with someone else and all that, but... Yeah, I don't think it's on the way out at all. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've talked about this for several years now, is I think that one of the things, number one, I actually think podcasting is one of the harder things to really track the analytics of. We've talked about this for years, um, listens and downloads and this and that. And because, you know, all Apple isn't always great about sharing information. Again, it's not a knock. It's just, it is the hardest when somebody says how many people are listening, it's hard. But whether it's two or 25 or 2,500, the thing that, an event like the expo reminds me yep. is if it's 25, it's not the same 25 every week. Um, right. It's not the h- same hundred every week. People will, yep. you know, there's, there'll be some that are your standard that listen every week and they're, they're your hardcore fans, but people are bopping in and out cause they're busy. Um, and I, I think it's one of those things where I have to look at the way I consume media. Like there are several podcasts I love but I don't listen to them every time. Some of them grab me and right. maybe I listen to one for five minutes and one I listen to the whole way. Right. And, and and I think that you, the people who are listening to your podcast are doing the same, right. but yet that's why the we, consistency thing matters so much. For this podcast, for example, we average somewhere around, I, the, I always say, does it pass the red face test? Because it is right. hard to get every bit of analytics yeah. from everywhere. It's about 1,100 people, which is a ton of people. Is it yeah, the it really same is. 1,100 people every week? No, it's not. Because like you said, people have busy lives. But anyway, I thought that was a really interesting article from digital, uh, I'm sorry, from Forbes regarding digital marketing. All right, Kirby, do you have a topic for us today? Yeah, yeah. So again, speaking of tone deaf, so this weekend, yep. like right after this drops, the big game, the Super Bowl will be on. The and, big game. And uh, yes. no, we're, we're not a sports um, talk show, so I'm, I, we can talk football if you want. I love football, but you know, I thought we'd talk ads. And I yeah. think that the headline is that crypto is out and alcohol is in this year Okay, um, for the Super Bowl ads. Um, Fox announced that, uh, they're all booked up. It actually took a little longer this year than I think they thought, but the booze business has been waiting 33 years for this because Anheuser-Busch was, uh, the uh, exclusive 
they had exclusive rights since 1989, but now other brands are jumping in. So you've got uh, uh, Heineken and Remy Martin and Crown Royal, and of course, you know, just your standard, you know, Miller Lite, yeah. all those guys as well. So um, I guess my question is, do you think that makes sense for the alcohol folks? What, what's your take on it? What are you looking forward to? Um, for, I love Super Bowl ads. So yeah, uh, we so, both do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I wanted to wanted to get your take. So I had a, I'm, I'm going to combine your topic with the topic I was going to bring up a little later, but I was going to talk about Super Bowl well, ad costs. So I'm going to weave that okay, into yeah. the conversation. So love we'll it. kill two birds with one stone. Um, the question is, do I think it makes sense for all these uh, uh, spirits-based companies, alcohol, beer companies to jump in because Anheuser-Busch is no longer the exclusive um, uh, malted partner of the uh, National malted. Football League? Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, uh, I think it's smart. I mean, if you look at, uh, um, say what you will about it, positive, negative, but it's an is, alcohol consumption during the pandemic went up. Uh, people started doing mixology at home. People started really kind of realizing, I like this, I like that um, better. Uh, oh, that's much better. It was a little hot. Sorry, my camera was a little getting a little warm there, guys. Um, so I think that I think it makes all sorts of sense for them to jump in on. I'm super excited to see the Dave Grohl who is one of my heroes uh, from Foo Fighters. I'm ready to see that Crown Royal ad. I think that's going to be pretty epic. I'm excited to see all of them. Now, do you know, Kirby, is there any ones you're looking forward to before I jump into my little section of this? You know, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, so I know VaynerMedia has a couple spots. Uh, new oh, Pepsi, do they? Okay. Yeah, uh, and with uh, Ben Stiller and Steve Martin. So I, I, I'll i be looking forward to seeing that one. But you know what? I actually usually go into it. You know how you can usually preview stuff? I actually try not to because I, yeah. I want to see them with fresh eyes uh, so that Me I can too. really uh, enjoy them. I'll go back and watch them later just because yeah. I'm, I'm a nerd about that. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know that I have one specific one, although it seems like Doritos always not it out of the park yeah no i'm looking forward to it all right so most of them sold between six million and seven million dollars so let's call it six and a half million okay um no real change from last year in terms of the pricing for a 30 second commercial now did you know this kirby the cost for an ad in the first super bowl forty thousand dollars for a 30 second ad now granted that was 1967 so yeah you have to adjust things and i well don't and, math, and football so. wasn't football wasn't the thing that it is no. today no. Well, and that was broadcast on two networks, by the way. That's Interesting. for Super Bowl. Okay, I didn't know that. Both uh, both CBS and NBC, or it was ABC and NBC. I can't remember which. But anyway, um, they crossed the $100,000 per 30-second spot number in 1975, okay. and they hit the million-dollar mark for a 30-second ad in 1995. So it's not this dramatic increase I think we always associate with how much Super Bowl ads cost. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Now, are you surprised as well? It hasn't risen as dramatically as you thought? Well, I think the reality of it is when you look at one spot for six and a half million dollars, it, yep. it, I, I can go both ways on this argument because I think, A, one, because it's not, of course, the the production of it and the production of it's going to cost a lot more than that too. So it's, it, it's such a bite for each individual spot. What I would say yeah. is despite the fact that it's such a bite, I'm not sure it's not still a great value. There are just yeah. very few things on earth these days that are not segmented in, the, you know, in every which way. Whereas, oh gosh, most eyeballs, the most all eyeballs of anything are on that particular moment. And people are actually, not only are they there, but they're actually like us, 
I love football and I'm not going to walk away for the commercials. So it's, it is a unique experience where I think six and a half million dollars actually might be a value. It's the only experience left where we don't intentionally live sports, specifically the Super Bowl, but live sports is really the one experience we have left where we don't record and fast forward through commercials. Yeah. It's really the only experience we have left. All right. So with that in mind, because you said value and I love that Kirby. All right, Kirby, <laughs> I'm giving you six and a half million dollars right now. <laughs> Great. But you have to spend it on advertising. Okay. Okay. So I'm taking the money from that you might spend on a Super Bowl ad and you need to spend it on advertising. What do you do? Now, if you want to use it on a Super Bowl ad, you can do that. That is not off limits. I'm not going to be that draconian here. But you have six and a half million simoleons. Okay. What do you do with it for advertising? And you have to spend it, let's say, in one calendar year if you don't blow it all at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, so for, let's say, my business is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, okay. So if I had the infrastructure in place where we could, like, I'm, I'm not a, um, an online uh, you know, I don't, I don't sell a lot online. We're not for imprint. You right. know what I mean? Like if right. I were for imprint, I'd do a Super Bowl ad. The end. Right. But you're not. I'm not. Um, boy, it, it would be tough though. because tough, again, isn't it? it? Because the eyeballs are so valuable. If I could get the infrastructure yeah. in place where I could say, okay, I've got this particular widget or these specific mm-hmm. numbers of widgets. I, I just don't know that there's much better value if you have the money than doing the Super Bowl ad. Outside yeah. of that, um, uh, I think I've stumped him, kids. Yeah, I think, well, I'm, what my problem is I'm trying to think across platforms. So yeah. um, needless to say, I'd be using branded merch as a part of that six and a half million dollars, um, whether mm-hmm. it was um, appreciation style of the business that we have and looking at a way that we could then target a specific audience and then go after them with direct mail, with merch, which all that stuff. I do events targeting that specific niche. And then I would do Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, okay. So those would be probably my, uh, and I'm sure there'd be other stuff, but off the top of my head, those would be the places I'd go. I, I think that's great. I would figure out if I'm going to ask myself some question and I did not, I purposely wrote this down and have not given it an ounce of thought. And that's, okay. I did that purposefully and that's very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but I did it. And what I came up with was, I think what I, and I did it while you were talking, I think what I would do, obviously a little bit of Facebook and online stuff, but I think I'd figure out a way to have a sponsorship deal, whether it's on the ice of a pro hockey team, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the Predators or Dallas Stars or some, I want some sort of tie-in with something I am passionate about with either sports or music. And right. music's a very hard thing to get your brand on. So I'd probably end up with sports. So maybe it's a, a patch for a baseball team or, you know, something like that. Uh, I think that would be kind of cool. It would be certainly an ego filled thing. No question. All of, sure. if you have six million, six and a half million dollars to spend on advertising, trust me, there's ego invested in that sure. 100%. Yeah. So I think I would do that or I might just do a Super Bowl ad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I come back well, to that, the same thing, the, the eyeballs. Yeah. It goes back to the idea of brand marketing versus direct marketing. And I guess my, my, what I, what I was bouncing around in my head is, for these alcohol places, the brand marketing makes sense. But for my business, the brand market, that would be blowing money to just have them know our name. I would need to figure right. out a way to be transactional, at least at some point, a part of that. Right. And so figured out a way that we could drive people to our site, do, do, like do something right. that would drive traffic and sales. In 
and my business being a little bit different is more about brand marketing. Yeah. It is more about that. So it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. All right, Kirby, I've got one last topic for us today. Okay. I've okay. got a question for you, my friend. Okay. When you get a phone call that you don't recognize the number on your cell phone, what is the percentage of time you will answer that call? Um, I would say now if, okay. So the only thing I'd say is there are some that actually come up and they say potential spam. <laughs> if they actually yeah. say potential spam, just, zero. Um, I'm just talking about just a regular, it's a phone call. It might come from your area code. It might come from Oklahoma city area code. You just, it doesn't know. Not in your contact list. Let's put it that way. Not in your contact list. I would put, I, I'm probably 40% answering um, okay. just because, because if it's local, like, you know, a lot of times I will pick up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say my is like 3%. Yeah. I answer that. It, I'm, no, I'm talking about my personal phone, not my yep. business phone. Business sure. phone's different. Yep. So there's a solution out there that I stumbled across. Okay. Um, I, that's called branded caller ID. Okay. And what it is, it allows companies to reassure their customers about the calls they receive. Business can show the name of the business, a location where they're from, the logo, and my favorite part is the reason they're calling. It might say, mm. and I'm going to use this as the cover this week, like the NFL might be calling about your ticket request for the Super Bowl. So before you answer the phone, you know who it is. It's verified. Um, oh, I think that's powerful. Super, super very powerful. So <laughs> uh, this way, customers can quickly identify who's calling and why without the risk of spoofing or a scam or things like that. Now, this can be done using a voice over internet protocol, VOIP service, or a third-party service. Um, I thought this was, I don't know how long this has been around, but I stumbled across it I was, as I was looking for topics. And I thought immediately, what an absolute game changer this might be in the entire world of sales. Mm, yeah. I want your opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, so, so part of my thing is because of the Airbnb stuff and all the real estate stuff, we get a lot of calls that are legitimate that aren't in our contact list because you sure. know, they're, they're, Hey, I need a place to stay or whatever. Um, yeah. So we, we probably answer a little higher uh, number, but if it, you know, like, like you said, I mean, if it's somebody like that just purposefully put it out there and said, here's why oh, yeah. I just, I mean, again, if nothing else, it would get my attention because there's so Absolutely. many numbers that just don't give you anything. So if it said, right. hell, I'm not sure if it said sales, I might be like, all right, right. <laughs> let's hear this. That's well, because you, know, the, 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 you mentioned real quick, you mentioned the, yeah. the accountability as a digital mm -hmm. trend. Like this is a transparency accountability kind of thing where it's like, hey, Absolutely look, yeah, this is sales. This is it's, what we're doing. <laughs> and, uh, like, I think it's conveying it's conveying trust immediately yeah, yeah. that because I mean, I'm sure you get calls like I do every once in a while I get a call and they didn't put in the, you know, they try to do it from a 615 area code, which is Nashville where I live and yeah. they don't put it in right. So it comes in up as Australia because they added an extra number or missed a number yeah. or something like that. And of course I never answer those calls, but there's something like this could be an absolute game changer for, you know, we're in a society and if you're in sales, it's almost impossible to get someone on the phone. It, yeah. it really is. People are much happier just responding to an email, whether yep. 
whether they want to admit it or not, that's that's the world we live in. Yeah. And so something like this, I think, is really cool. Now, again, it sounds like you have to have a voice over Internet protocol phone system to do that. So I don't think this is cell phone to cell phone at this point. Yeah. But I can't believe we're that far off from something like this. But the 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 services I saw who are selling this for people who have those hardwired phones, it, it literally you can type in why you're calling before you call. It's that's amazing. That's really amazing cool. stuff. I like it. I like it. All man. Right. Hey, anything else before we wrap it up, Kirby, or are we, is it time to wrap? I think that's about it, brother. As the fabulous Thunderbirds once saying, let's wrap, 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 wrap it up. All right. <laughs> yeah. I had to sing once at least. Yeah, no, it's good. I'm I not like gonna, there's no way I'm singing the outfield song uh, that we started off with, but Hey, Kirby, here is something I'm absolutely going to do. And that's thank our good pals over at Evans, who is now part of the HPG family of brands. We talk about Evans perspective and how they are so completely focused on making the lives of their distributor partners easier. And one of the great things about HPG acquiring Evans is they have no interest in changing that. In fact, they want to learn how they do that to assist their other family, uh, other brands in the uh, HPG family. And I love that. They are really doing a great job of bringing those two organizations together. And I, I, I couldn't think of a better marriage. And we talked about that top podcast. So, hey, distributors looking to make your lives a little bit easier. Of course you are. Do yourself a favor. Walk. No, let's, let's go ahead and run, run, run to your Google machine or your portable Google machine, whatever's handy, and go over to evans-mfg.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Kirby, thanks as always for having the courage to podcast with me. I, I always enjoy it. And thanks again for the kind words about the uh, Hall of Fame. Congrats, man.